Are you ready? Do you have your notes up? <laughs> for up. some reason, whenever I Can start this... Can you just this... connect with me for a second? <laughs> Are we ready? Seriously. We We're ready, be... bro. We've got to be We're here. We're on it. Stop. Okay. <laughs> You're embarrassing. Hi. <laughs> Alrighty. What's up, y'all? I'm, I'm super excited for this episode because I get to like take full control of the interviewer's <laughs> chair. Freak. Yes. I know. But we have with us a familiar face with Braylynn. She's one of our interviewees. Hello, folks. Nice to meet you. And we have one of the awesomest people I've ever met. Erin. <gasps> Katie, Katie Jones Stop. is uh, with us. That makes me feel Yeah, so I'm good. actually really happy to have Katie on because Katie, number one, is a number one Into the Light fan. I am. And Let's number go. two. I'm a fan. I'm a supporter. Been my best friend since we were six. Yeah, day one. So That's a lot of years. Yeah, so many. Too many sometimes. Okay, bef- no. <laughs> before we get started, I just wanted to like bring y'all into the room. So there's this word that might sound a little bit awkward to everybody that's listening to this, but it's called, it's a word called gesticulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it means using your hands to talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Braylen is a pro. She's a big one. Gesticulator. It's a good thing. It's not You're bad. No, embarrassing. No, it is. Like, how would that be a good thing? That's you like you can't help but focus when you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. You just get okay. So I'm into just gonna it. put my hands on my face like this, and I'll never move again. That's not no. gonna work. <laughs> it's no. not gonna work. This isn't the right one for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we're gonna talk about. So Braylon and Katie just went mm. on a trip to Africa last month or two months ago. Um. Gosh, when was it? About a mu- about three weeks ago, actually. About Wait, for th- real? Three no, four- it's, it's been well, like now it's been half. like about a month. Yeah, a month and a half. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was back in September? Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. She's so right, actually. It's, it's felt like, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's actually, November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you want to tell me, how did this trip come to be? Yeah, so um, me and Katie have been involved with uh this organization called days for girls since Mm -hmm. we were i checked back on facebook 13. Mm -hmm. yeah um and katie's mom is basically the one who started it in our town in the air yeah my mom and my grandma started the group um for tempe arizona yeah for days for girls yeah and so me and katie were best friends at that time and i was super into you know, young women's and like projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just took this as my project and just like ran with it. And I did it with right. like four. Of well, my and this and this was this had been something that we would do frequently for for activities. You know, yeah, we would true. do it for mutual, and we would get involved. We would go with my mom, and Braylon's mom is super involved as well. Mm-hmm. She is a big part of it as well now. A big part of the same group. Um, that my mom started. And so it's just been super prevalent in our lives. Yeah, like super all the time. Like even when I started college, I would come back home and I was only home for like maybe four days and mm-hmm. I would go two days for girl stuff. So it's yeah. just, it's something that... She, this, she'd be doing it with my mom without me. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> they would just hang out, have an after t- it's afternoon. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was invited. But Days for Girls is very much, very important organization to us. Yeah. And so we had an amazing opportunity to go to Africa for Days for girls yes and so basically what 
days for girls is is we make feminine hygiene kits reusable feminine hygiene kits and sustainable feminine hygiene kits um for women in third world countries um who don't have these products readily available um and it's pretty empowering because it does a lot of things you wouldn't think it does um it empowers women which means it keeps them in school and it keeps them in work and which you would never think as a woman living in the states that not having something for your period every month is going to keep you from going to school or going to work but what mm-hmm. what we were explained that would happen if they don't have anything they'd have to use a sock or they'd have to use like anything mm-hmm. that they had and sometimes they wouldn't have anything and so they just have to stay home and just like bleed out and that means every single month every single month for a week or less they would have to be out of school or out of work so eventually potentially they'd have to lose their job mm-hmm. um and at this like at this point it's curing poverty in a sense i don't know <laughs> i think it's i think it's cool because you're it's not a band-aid fix right you're getting no. at the root of the problem mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's the whole point of of doing this kind of work yeah exactly. right right so tell me a little bit about where you went where geographically did you go in africa so we were in South Africa. We were about three hours, what, north mm-hmm. of Johannesburg. Okay. Um, in a province called Limpopo. Um, very small. Super small. I wouldn't even say small because there's lots of villages around. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? That was like the craziest thing to see mm-hmm. geographically how these towns were set up. Because we were about an hour and a half from Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe is known to be a very poor country. Mm-hmm. And South Africa is known to be a very wealthy country. Mm-hmm. But Limpopo, the province we were in, was 85 to 90% unemployed. Right. Hmm. And in this province, there are, I would say, 20 to 40 villages in the distance that we were going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that wasn't even that far, if I'm yeah. being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. People like, when I say I went to South Africa, people are like, Oh, you didn't have the African experience, but we, we for sure saw some, some very tough things. And I think emotionally I barely got over kind of what we saw mm-hmm. because, well, I think, I think it's just like a whole culture shock. Yeah. You know, no matter sure. what, yeah. no matter where you come from, from the United States, Honestly, like it's going to be a thousand times more than what they have. And to mm-hmm. be in a place like that was very, um, very humbling, very eye opening. And it, I think a part of it was really hard for me, at least, because, you know, we were able to stay in this really mm-hmm. um, nice put together place. We were mm-hmm. in a place that we weren't worried about hot water. We weren't worried about um, not having a bed or a dirt food. floor or yeah. food or heat cold you know whatever Mm -hmm. and so that was hard because we were staying in this nice place and then surrounded by us were these people that just had nothing just you know and so it was very very eye-opening and to even see the difference Mm -hmm. there like firsthand like i don't know yeah what was the uh what was the expectation that you had going into it versus what you actually saw that's a good question. Yeah, that is a That's good a good question. Because I think you always expect, like... Like what you see in the movies? Yeah, and, and I want to try to, like, be respectful. It, you you expect just, yeah, what you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just that, just, I don't know. Poverty is... 
it's just when you see it firsthand, it mm-hmm. is it is shocking because in a movie, it's like, oh gosh, wow. But you you're able to compartmentalize and realize like, oh, that's not real. It's a mm-hmm. movie, and you kind of do that with movies and shows and things like that. Yeah. But to see it and to walk in the same exact you know shoes that they are living in yeah. is it's I mean it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when I. F- my very first experience in the Philippines, because uh-huh. the Philippines is yeah. a very poor country, very especially poor. Right. where I served, was wow. extremely poor. But my very first day in the field, my trainer took me to one of the people that we were teaching at the time. And I remember walking down this dirt road for I don't know how many miles, taking a left, and we walked literally through a pigsty, like through this mud, yeah. muck, whatever else was there in a pigsty. Mm-hmm. And the guy's house shared a wall with the pigsty. And it was just like a couple of posters like draped over a couple of poles, like just bamboo sticks. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was like the first experience I had mm-hmm. in the Philippines. That was holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you'd never imagine that people actually live like this, but they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was crazy about it too. Like what we saw on TV, low key was reality. Mm-hmm. And what we saw in reality was really kind of actual like what we saw on tvs and movies was reality mm-hmm. and i would say even worse like than i even expected oh but i mean a hundred percent a thousand percent you know I mean? and i think too one thing my boss told me before i went because she's been to africa multiple times she said bray one thing you need to remember is that um these people only know what they know mm-hmm. they don't know that they're missing out on food. They don't know that they're missing out on all these opportunities and resources that you have living here in the States. Um, and so there's no real reason to be sad about it and mm. upset about it because this is just the way they live and they work with what they got and they're happy in their conditions. Mm. And I think that that was like the biggest thing. She didn't tell me that right before I left. I think it would have been a lot harder, but I think I just needed to remember that I'm not their savior and I'm not the person that's going to fix all their problems. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm, 23 years old living here going to college you know poor myself you know yeah um i want to so badly just fix these people's lives but i can't do anything um i can try and help in all the ways like going on this humanitarian trip and you know praying for them and reaching out in the ways that i can but um i can't fix the, the core issue um but we can help the core issue right mm-hmm. and that's why we were there for days for girls right yeah, yeah i think that a lot of the time that People think it's a lot easier said than done. You know what I mean? And I think it was really hard. Like Braylon was saying, um, you can't really be sad. Sad. You, you know, it's hard to look at these yeah. people and and honestly like pity them because mm-hmm. it's like they've honestly done a lot for themselves. Yeah. You know, you look at them, their circumstances and then you look at the people that we've met and and the people that their lives have jobs and are raising families mm-hmm. and are like trying to make ends meet and like they. I mean, they're happy, and they're like you're. You're looking at these people like this is their life. This is yeah. their every day. This is what they do to just survive. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure, when it comes to a connection standpoint, they're not going to want to be pitied either. Yeah, that's exactly. Be so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a huge mm. thing. Um, when we went to the school, so what we did is we physically went to these schools and we handed out these kits to these girls and we taught them. We educated them about their bodies and males' bodies and the reproductive system, as well as how to use the kits, and also like how to protect themselves, how to create boundaries, mm-hmm. stuff like that, very empowering. Um, and one thing that we talked about was 
we would go and we would introduce ourselves and mm. we said we're from America. And one of the the native South African ladies were telling us like they don't believe you guys when they say that they're from America because they don't think in their brains that somebody from America would come mm. to their school and help them specifically. Yeah, it's it's weird because you get kind of a mixed bag, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Like half of them are in shock that like an American would be here because they really think they have no value. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad, sad truth. It's really, I mean, that's that's heartbreaking. They do not think that they have enough value. And then on the opposite end, they think that us Americans are, you know, can do so much for them which we can um yeah but they look at it as like this power you know that we have that they don't and and so i think they get a little bit resentful sometimes yeah, like you sure. know these these i mean funny enough me and Braylon were the only two that were not white mm-hmm. on this trip part of the group but i think for them still it was like it was like, you know, these Americans can't, they're going to come in here. They're going to give us a little bag and be on their merry way, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And sometimes that's how it felt because of the time and how, you know, how we did things. And it was hard to, um, I don't know. It's hard to emotionally connect with those yeah. people in that environment sometimes mm-hmm. because of the feelings that are there. And well, I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to ask, like, how was it? your first interactions with, with the people that you were serving. It's interesting because me and Braylon got different responses. Yeah, we, we did. got very different responses for looking the way we look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to expand. Yeah. So, um, well, a lot of this, so we went to high schools, right? We went to, mm-hmm. so these girls are six years younger than us. Um, but <laughs> the other but people also were teenagers. And yeah. They, yeah. And they teenagers. understand. Yeah. They understand. But also like the other part of our group, they were all like grandmas. So me and Katie were definitely closer to their age and they can relate a little more. Um, and I got a very different response. Um, and I kind of see this here in like black American culture too. Um, but because I had like a little bit of white in me and because I had curly hair, I was looked at as very beautiful. And yes. so there were so many like of like the she teenage was like boys. a hot commodity over yeah. there, like the teenage boys and like the teenage girls, like they would come up to me and they're like, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. And like that was just like a constant thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially coming from America. I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever seen somebody that looks like them. That's American. That, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so Katie's response was very different because she was probably the only Asian for miles. And I think, I think seriously, for probably ninety nine percent of the people that I met in South Africa, this was their first time <laughs> seeing in person like an Asian person. Yeah, like they don't, and I, I guess again that like goes into like the culture shock of yeah. like growing up in America. Like that's that's crazy to me that they've never. Mm-hmm that they would never have seen an Asian person. So their response to me was very, I think they were a little naive. I think they're not just naive because, you know, teenagers will be teenagers. (laughs) But I just think that they were very, very shocked. I just, I don't think it was anything that they would have ever thought they would see. Mm -hmm. And that's so weird saying that as, you know, like speaking in terms of like people Mm -hmm. and like different races, like that's, crazy yeah yeah that was that was a crazy thing i didn't think about but i get that you know it's like 
yeah, when you don't have, like, we think about not only being in America where it's diverse, but having so much access to internet yeah, and, and social, social media, media. Mm-hmm. and TV and movies. You see it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. I think another thing kind of going off on another topic, or did you have another question? Go for it. Okay. On another topic, um, kind of what we taught them. Um, yeah. Their schools, they have a very good education system. Like, what popular belief thinks they wouldn't, they really do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get past the South African education system if you're not fluent in English by the third grade. Dang. You have to be able to read, write, and speak English fluently. Um, and, if you're, and if you don't, you don't pass school at all. So these people are very intelligent. Like, they were studying for, like, some of their tests, and they were learning, like, about anatomy. Some yeah, stuff. for them to graduate instead of, you know, in America we do – finals every semester Mm -hmm. and your senior year you do the same exact thing you know but for them they have to they take on this entire testing system called the metric and they have to pass that Mm -hmm. and they are studying for months Months. and weeks Mm -hmm. and it is intense and it's all in english Hmm. yeah it is not in their native tongue at all um so very 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 intelligent people but when we went and taught them we taught them about boundaries right and we taught them about their bodies and we taught them about um, kind of like your body's your own. Your body's beautiful, and and if you don't want things happening to your body, you don't have to have them happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so we very much taught about sexual abuse, and mm-hmm. sexual abuse can happen among your family and among your father and your brothers and your cousins, like people who love you. Um, and I thought that was like that was probably the hardest with my past. That was probably the hardest because I saw multiple girls walk out just crying mm-hmm. um, when they heard that specific part. Yeah. And it was... Yeah, ex- people getting very triggered because, very triggered. again, sexual education in these countries is not talked about. At it's, all. And it is not talked about. So it is triggering when you are traumatized sexually and then these people are coming in and casually kind of bringing it up like, mm-hmm. hey... This shouldn't happen. And you can say no. And it's like, like this is probably what happened. And, and they're realizing yeah. right then, like that is what's happening to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like constantly too. devastating. Also, another thing about sexual education within South Africa, specifically married women who have husbands who have like kids and lives. Right. If they're pregnant, nobody talks about the pregnancy. Mm. Nobody. If you see some, if you see a woman pregnant, you don't dare point Ask, it out or point out really? or say like or acknowledge. You don't acknowledge. No, it not at, at all. all. Because it just goes into that very like you just don't talk about sexual s- sexual things at all. Yeah. It's so. It's so it's very like if we like we talk about shame a lot on here. It is right. shamed there. It is. Really like taboo. even if you're Mary. married and you have kids and you have a job, like the perfect situation, you like you do not talk even like with your best friend. Like with, if yeah. me and Katie were best friends and she was pregnant in South Africa, like I would never talk to her about it. Yeah. I'd never ask it's her about it. It's very interesting. Yeah, That's crazy. like they don't it have is. baby showers, nothing like that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So the the topic of sexual education is not brought up and so when yeah. we were teaching these girls it was very we were giving them tools that they've mm-hmm. never heard before right and these girls are 16 17 years old um like granted when we were older or growing up we at least learned from our friends and learned from like online and stuff right. again had, yeah. yeah yeah exactly but 
they don't have resources and access to that as much as we do. Nor did, do they know? have people wanting to talk to them about it. Exactly. You know. And so what they grow up with is all they know. Exactly. And that's so scary in yeah. some situations. And it no, it really, it is. really is. Teen pregnancy it is a really huge is. thing there too. Mm-hmm. And it's really I mean, sad. there was multiple girls that we met that were pregnant. pregnant yeah. That mm-hmm. we were giving kits to. Like and it's just hard. It's just so hard for them. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah, because they have to potentially give up their education, right? Yeah. And it's not like here where it's like, oh, your mom can take care of it or you can bring the baby to school. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. Like once you hit nine months, you, either a parent comes to you with to school every single day or you just have to drop out of school. Yeah. And, and, and the latter is people are just dropping out because, again, their parents can't afford to not to, to go not to school work. with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's crazy. We we learned so much going there. What was what was the general reaction that you guys got while teaching these things? Because I mean, it's empowering you know, stuff, but that's one that's a heavy topic. Heavy. It's very heavy. Two, it's probably a lot of information to be taking in. I think within like ten. This minutes. is my. <laughs> this is what I think from doing it and and observing. I think that these girls, one, were a little bit embarrassed at first, mm-hmm. but I think they're putting on this front like, oh, whatever. We're talking about our period. No one wants to do that. Mm-hmm. No one wants to talk about their period. They have boys that are catcalling them, you know, mm-hmm. because we're there. They know exactly what we're there for. And, yeah. um, and But I think deep down, I think these girls, I think this is this – is, such a valuable valuable thing and i think they know Mm -hmm. that exactly that i think uh, seriously i think they know exactly just how valuable it is for them to um to have i don't know Mm -hmm. also have the opportunity to get a kit and to be in this position and to go to school and to get an education i mean i think they are so grateful so grateful yeah i had multiple girls come up to me and asking me like questions like about their period and about things and you know like they didn't want to ask the grandma so they came and asked me and i was like yeah i mean i can go into the right person yeah (laughs) but also like (laughs) i want them to understand it so i go to like a translator who can help them explain in their own language but i think they very much appreciated what it was and they like there are multiple girls as soon as we were done they went to the bathroom and they like changed yeah. So that they can have something because they didn't have anything on mm-hmm. or they had another alternative thing in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think one of the biggest shock factors that I had. Um, is that was that your question? No, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Go it. for it. Um, the unemployment. I think unemployment here in America is it just means something completely different to us than it does there. Yeah. Because unemployment, we have we have opportunities to mm-hmm. be employed, right? Mm-hmm. There's, we have opportunities. We, we at least can like go and try, you know, mm-hmm. there are, there's nothing there. No there's jobs. no infrastructure. Mm-hmm. There's no way to even get jobs. So the jobs that we saw when we were in these villages, it's like the town, that's where you work or the village, or you don't have a job at all. And so, or there's these like markets on the side of the road where you sell like your fruit. own product, yeah. you know, but there was like, I saw maybe one little, Grow gas station type thing on the corner, and then people have donkeys and they like use that to help people in their village. Like, there's quite literally no room for them to even if they wanted to get better and wanted to make more money, they couldn't. Yeah. There's yeah. no inf- there's no gas stations. There's no um, 
like at least in these villages there's no buildings to take care of there's no um, cleaning services there's mm-hmm. no trash companies which i think they really freaking need because trash is just everywhere there. well they don't have a trash system they don't there mm-hmm. everything yeah. is thrown to the side of the road and, and then, then eventually burn mm-hmm. yeah. so and it's very you know I, I mean they have nothing and, and then so that catches that people's houses on fires and it's just it's not helpful at all right but and it's just i mean that's just not safe mm-hmm. and it's not yeah yeah there's babies like literally i think that's the norm too we learned from other south africans that they just don't wear shoes that's not even just like a poor thing it's just they don't wear shoes yeah um but yeah i would say that's the biggest thing that like shocked me and i like came home and i was like i'm so grateful i have a job and i have an ability even though i don't feel like sometimes i have a lot I have at least the ability to to earn money every Mm -hmm. week right Mm -hmm. and support yourself and support myself yeah yeah, you're out here living independently as a 22 year old. Like, right. Yeah. Well, that was that was kind of going to what I wanted to ask next. Ask next was what after going through this experience. I okay. I have two questions, but first, mm-hmm. um, what was the most fulfilling part about this trip? Yeah. Um. Gosh. Do you want to go? Yeah. I'll say it. So we did multiple things, not just days for girls. Um, but we did an optical outreach and this was mainly because I'm going to school to be an optometrist mm-hmm. and I asked them if we could do something like this because I've done it in the past. Yeah, the group that we went with is also big into optical reaches, which is in medical and medical outreaches, which is basically, you know, getting getting people glasses, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. people eye care that mm-hmm. they don't have access to. Yeah, it was really cool for me because that's what I want to do. It was really cool for me. Me and Katie worked together. Yeah. Um, and we were able to, like the, like the oldest people in this village, um, they just come up to us. And these guys have cataracts. Like you can, mm-hmm. they, they can't see anything. I mean, we had multiple people come up to us, probably two or three people that we helped. And they had at least, um, not at least, but they had one eye that mm-hmm. they, they don't see anything out of. Completely mm-hmm. blinded. Yeah. And it was cool to give them glasses and to be able to test the glasses. And they're like, there's mountains right there. And like, oh, I didn't know there was a tree right there. You know, I just, yeah. that was like instant gratification for me. Yeah. Like they weren't seeing and now they could see. And it was just kind of like testament to me that that's what I really want to do with my career. But it was just so cool to see that something so minute that we take advantage of sight. Yeah. Um, that they could get in an instant yeah. with just glasses that we gave them totally. that are probably like four bucks off of line or something yeah. like that. It was, I think that for me was like the most gratifying thing of a lot of things, but I think that was like number one. Yeah. No, I would have to actually agree with that. And, and me and Braylon have talked about this a lot about that, that day that we did the optical yeah. outreach. Um, one, we were very lucky to do it because they were planning on not doing it um, this trip because they didn't have people that wanted to do it. Um, I think me and Braylon were, Braylon was one of the first people that had said, I want to do an optical outreach while Mm -hmm. we're there. Mm -hmm. And they were able to put that together. And so I would have to say, I mean, I don't wear glasses and I, I, and so I don't know, but it was, it was incredible to see people. It's something that you take so for granted. Even if you have glasses here, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, you have a prescription and you wear glasses and that's just what it is. And and you go yearly for an exam. Right. And it's not a, you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. You just wear glasses. Well, also like the people that we were dealing with were like 80 
First of all, mm. they didn't know how old they were. Like they gave us their ID when we asked right. them how they old no they were. Right, they had no idea. They had no clue. But second of all, like they've been living with outside for this long. Mm. Yeah. Like, at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so it was very satisfying to to be able to like help these people see and it's yeah. just something I take for granted every day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, this such a small thing yeah. is cha- i mean it, cha- it literally is changing their lives mm-hmm. like I mean, now they can read their bible i know like so cool. which is the most important thing to them mm-hmm. you know and that's it's so it's crazy do you want to talk about the kids yeah yeah so while we were there we were also able to go um to this children's center it's called del kramer children's center um and this facility was built um for the purpose of creating a safe space for children to come after school and be provided with a meal um because you know that's yeah. something that a lot of people struggle with is finding enough food to eat and this is a really great center um they've partnered up with some of the game reserves in the in you know in the close <laughs> i don't know what it's called what are they called the outskirts yeah I don't know, like <laughs> the other towns but anyways, yeah. cut that. <laughs> um where they are you know these people are giving them free meat and mm-hmm. so they're able to give this meat to the kids and provide all these meals and and people are able to adopt a kid and you know provide for them, provide for them and pay for them to have meals and it was it was very much there's tons of hunger like like there is it is so hard to even make a dent in the amount of hunger in the province we were in. But this Del Kramer Center was very much like the the most impoverished, like the most underdeveloped kids who like haven't had food. And like, what was the ages seven or something like that? No, I think the ages were smaller than that. They were literally like, like I thought it was like six or seven. It was like five, six. These kids looked like they were three though. Like, no, yeah, they, were they were so very, little. Very underdeveloped. Very malnourished. And so it was, it was very targeted to the most, like, let's try and get these kids' health back up. Right. And so they did, like, they have a nurse monitoring of them and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. Which is good. No, yeah, it's and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the opportunity to go there many times, actually, um, interact with some of the kids. We got to interact with the workers, and they are just incredible. Yeah. I mean, these people dedicate their entire lives to making sure that these children are like okay and that they're literally living like surviving yeah and so it was really just an incredible opportunity to be there um one of the days we were able to cook all this food and serve it to these kids they had kind of an event that day um and i don't know how many kids were there so many i think they had like 200 kids there that day Mm -hmm. which was the most that they had had in a while Mm -hmm. um but it just goes to show like what a need it is mm-hmm. and what an issue it is. And yeah. So that was also very yeah, very humbling, fun. fulfilling. I think that was the hardest day for me though. Because Visually it is hard. Mm-hmm. And again, like we talk about trying, this is their life. This mm-hmm. is how they live. This is very normal to them. They don't think about anything else out of, when you're in survival mode, cause seriously, that's what it is for them. I think yeah. like, and we don't think about it like that. Constantly. Like, mm-hmm. When you're in that, like you, there's nothing else that you think about. You don't think about the other things because you don't think that they're a possibility. I mean, that goes back to the girls feeling like they have no value. Yeah. You know, that they think that they're so 
so little on this world in this world that that they don't even deserve to be talked to yeah like you know mm. by people outside of their town yeah outside of their country yeah that that was like i said by far the hardest for me and i didn't really like want to connect with the kids because i feel like it would have been harder mm. um i just wanted to feed them and kind of un unconnect because i just it was hard to see so many kids so hungry but they were happy you know they were playing they were it's it's hard around. because again like we're like the, this is just something you don't talk about i think and this is like the sad truth and like not to say that i'm not grateful but it's just we're packing these lunches for us every single day yeah and yet like we're going to this children's center where they like can't eat mm. you know like they're lucky if they get one meal a day yeah it's, it's, it's like not what the norm yeah so i don't know yeah it's 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 humbling it's very, very humbling so. you just it is yeah and you feel i mean at least from my own experience of living in a third world country too you, oh, you yeah. end up i remember when i got home from my mission and my parents had moved into a new house and i was like what no. the crap we do not need mm-hmm. all these right. things right like right. all this yeah. stuff and we're just so so blessed yeah. yeah i found i found it when i came home and i just told katie this i found it hard to eat right i found you do, I, you do? I no seriously guilty to eat and to you know just i have all this food i only need one food a day you know mm-hmm. like i only need one meal a day i don't mm-hmm. need and like even if something like went bad in the fridge and like i'm not throwing it away right you know it's just we take all these things for granted like basic needs like like eyesight water totally water totally hygiene hygiene that's a big thing i mean and in particular the place that we were staying in limpopo on top of everything else that they deal with were they were going through a water drought yeah so Mm. now there's no water Mm. and people we were taking showers we were uh, yeah i mean that's yeah it's very hard very it's hard it's hard because it you feel yeah like you said that you said it exactly right you feel like such a hypocrite because mm-hmm. i mean braylon again we've talked about this so much we've gone back and forth about like how it's so important to like try and help these causes and like do what you can but you almost feel worse going once and doing it and just being like just going on with your life i'm done yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, exactly it's it's very hard like, to seeing that just put it out of your mind yeah. and be like oh okay that that was a good experience and now i'm done yeah you like know? seeing that at the level that we saw it in like the deepness we saw it and then just coming home and being like all right i'm done never doing that again back to back to my normal life yeah so me and katie are making it like a mission to go every year no yeah and again like we don't have that mindset where it's like we're gonna come in and we're gonna like be we're going to like save the world. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. I already yeah. know we can't do that. But like we saw what it meant to us to change one person's life. And mm-hmm. that was enough. It, and it really is. And you know that. And you know that. It, it, it takes one person. And it really. Yeah. Ricochets from there. Heck yeah. That's that's the whole point of service. Yeah. Is, is helping the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask kind of a logistical question. Um how much did did y'all pay to go on this trip or did you yeah yeah um did we <laughs> did we <laughs> let's be honest right um so katie personally 
Mm. <laughs> we are fortunate. No, seriously. Personally, <laughs> we are fortunate enough Super that fortunate. we did not have to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. My mom, very fortunately, was able to provide this amazing, amazing trip. Mm-hmm. So shout out to mom. Shout sure. out to Terry because <laughs> without her, it literally wouldn't have happened. And yeah. and we are so so grateful to her but for for providing this opportunity for us yeah but roundabout price was pricey was pricey um our flight just to get there was about two grand each yeah, yeah i think it was a little maybe maybe a little under 1600 maybe 1600 yeah um, i think altogether it was probably 2500 to three three thousand yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i put down Five hundred dollars to buy gifts for my friends. Yes, <laughs> Braylon did spend five hundred dollars of her own money in souvenirs, in souvenirs, well, and gifts. Awesome. Well, I'm which, grateful being yeah. one of the recipients. Right. However many <laughs> gifts you bought, I'm not sure five hundred dollars is a lot of yeah. gifts. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, but in there it was like two. We grand. we did not even run out. Nope. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to kind of. Because I know I've talked about this with my family too. We've never done it before, but yeah, we know how much. I mean, at least like middle to upper class Americans, like the way most of us grew up here in Utah Valley, you know, in Utah or whatever it might be. But like, families spend a lot of money on you know birthdays, yeah, holidays, you know, especially Christmas. And I know my mom has talked about yeah. this. Like, what if we just put our Christmas money one year into going on a humanitarian trip to Mexico or somewhere yeah. in Central America, South America? So cool. What would what would you say to like that suggestion? Like I saving up money to go and be able to do something like this? I think for sure. I think that's probably the best memory I've ever had in my life. And I'm 23 years Seriously. old. I've had lots of memories. I served a great mission. I, I have yeah. so many memories. But that was life changing. Like it, it really was. Monumental. Two weeks was monumental and it changed my life. And I think... If anybody has the opportunity to just take your family, that would be really cool. Because we went Amazing. with Katie's family, right? We went with her mom, her grandma, it was Katie, and then it was me. And, and Braylon is a part of our family. Yeah, yeah. And she <laughs> is Pretty very much. much a part of our family. So it was, for the four of us, it was very special to be there together. And it was cool it to really, connect. It really, really was. Yeah. It was and cool I think to, even, sorry. No, I was going to say, it was just cool to connect with people I already knew and loved. And, right. and help in a cause that we knew and we loved that and we've that been we dedicated were all passionate to. together yeah about. for it years. was very satisfying. well it's so outside of yourself right isn't that mm-hmm. where the happiness comes from is yeah. that what you're doing is can i can i tell you that like yeah. that was probably the realest thing and i think i felt this on my mission but i never felt it to this magnitude right I did not think about myself once. I didn't think about it's my true. problems once. I didn't think about me going into grad school and all the things <laughs> that was on my plate and like my family drama. I was not thinking. I didn't think about it once while I was there. Two weeks. Yeah. I didn't think about myself. And I came home and I was just like, I got to go to work and I got to do this and I got to do this. And I'm like, like, why am I thinking about myself all the time? Like, I hate it. But that's just like the nature of Americans, one. Yeah. And two, like the the. The life that we live, right? The life that we live, but also I was, the, yeah, I was gonna say the, the lifestyle. Because I heard this when I went on my mission that you give up two years because that's ten percent of your life that mm, you've already up lived up to that point. Yeah, up to that point, and you're dedicating that to the Lord, and you just forget about yourself for that two years because we're in such a selfish part of our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah, how am honestly. I gonna get to grad school? How am mm. I gonna get enough money? How am I going to support myself? You know, it's just I, 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 you do everything for yourself mm-hmm. at this age. And so to go there and completely just forget about it was just, for me, incredible. 
incredible. I think yeah. this this kind of on Sunday, this last Sunday, we had this this Q and A session where everyone from the ward was able to submit questions to the bishopric and their wives, and all the questions were so good, like they were so good and so relatable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I when I think back to what I was thinking about on my mission or like thinking about this experience that both of you had. Mm-hmm none of these questions really matter in the long run, right? Right. At all. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, when you think about someone actually fighting for their life daily mm-hmm. and the worries that I have in my head every day, they don't even compare. They don't even right. compare. Not that we need to compare, but it really helps you understand what you should be focusing so on. So it's, it's perspective. It does. It it's really, perspective it, it, that's 100% what it is. It, it is perspective. And it gives you that perspective that like we are not the only ones on this planet mm-hmm. and we are not the only ones that are important and you can do so much even us me and Braylin, poor little young adults that have nothing and still we have more than them so let's like do something about that yeah. you Almost know infinitely like infinitely more than them right you know yeah. oh a hundred percent we so it's actually kind of a funny story so on our way over there we were in Atlanta, and 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 this is like kind of just a testament <laughs> of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, me and Katie stopped thinking about ourselves once we got into Africa. Let's just <laughs> yeah. Um, all from Atlanta to Johannesburg, we had a flight, right? So right. we had a layover in Atlanta for like four hours, and we brought so many humanitarian bags on the plane <laughs> that we oh weighed the plane down, and so they were asking people in their luggage to stay in Atlanta for a night and fly out the next day for Johannesburg because the, the plane was so heavy. We couldn't take off. The plane was off. so heavy. Because we completely all had like so filled flight. Yeah, and completely they were filled. asking for 10, 10 individuals. 10 people. To, to back and off of the flight. they were raffling off these this money. Like it was like $500. And then it went to like $700. And then it went to $1,000. And then it went to like $1,500. And then I think it stopped at two grand, right? I think it went to, I think it went to, yeah. Or no, I, I think no, it went to like twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred dollars. It went to twenty five hundred dollars. And me and Katie look at each other and we're like, can we just stay? Like, you know <laughs> I, what I can do with twenty five hundred dollars? I like, mean, right. for tuition, like, Aaron, you don't understand <laughs> how the, desperate we were for that money. Dude, I that, would not have turned that down. <laughs> it was. It, it was so hard. It's so funny to say, but it was truly. We thought like the. Oh, we were, uh, it, it was hard. Like it, what $2,500 could say, do to in our lives? It was incredibly hard to walk away from an opportunity. It like was that. hard. It was really hard. Because we look at ourselves like even, you know, 25 grand or $2,500. Girl, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could use that. Yeah, could definitely but, use it. But what would $2,500 be to these kids in the villages? Right. Like that would be their lifetime. Right. You know? Just the way that we live our lives versus yeah. theirs and what we take for granted and what we spend our money on, you know, mm-hmm. like, do I really need 50 well, I, leggings? No. I posted this video on our story. I think it was yesterday or the day yeah. before. Did you yesterday. see it? Yeah. The one where, I mean, you've seen these videos on, you know, TikTok and Instagram where people go up and they ask someone for a favor. And if they're nice to them or kind to them, they're like, well, the first person that was kind to me today, I was going to give a thousand dollars to right. a thousand dollars. This one was so tender to me because I've seen a ton of those. But this one, the guy went up to this man in a wheelchair. I was like, hey, do you have a snack? Like, I'm just really hungry. And the guy like easily gave it to him. And he's like, you know, the first person that was nice to me, I was going to give a thousand dollars to. And I can't remember exactly what this man said, but he was like, no, 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 no. Like, 
I don't believe in receiving money for that. I am so blessed. Wow. Please go take that thousand dollars to the grocery store and buy food and water for the local homeless shelter. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm like, we worry so much about our own individual problems. We do. We do. Over worry. And I'm speaking as much to myself as I am to everyone that's listening. to Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. To think about how selfish we can be. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in those moments, all you can, and it's kind of, it's, it, it's that irony of like being in a place where you don't think about yourself and then being in the airport hours before Thinking and all I could do was think about myself in that situation. Yeah. All I could do was serious. I mean, this is embarrassing to say, like all I could think was, I know that me and Braylon need this money more than any other <laughs> of the 10 people here, that you know? All of these adults living their life, like they're, they're, I mean, <laughs> you're going somewhere in or not. There's no way that these people could could use this money more than me. And you look back and you're just. And I a few mean, hours later, you're like, you're like, what, what to, yeah. you know, what two thousand dollars? It's yeah. just. I want to share scripture that came to my mind. Typical, please, basic, please. Mosiah three nineteen. For the natural man is an enemy to God and has mm -hmm. been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ, the Lord, and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him. That the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Of a savior shall spread throughout every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And I think I think that's like the epitome of our trip. Um, totally. That like in a way, we we rejected our natural man. Mm. And and it wasn't even like intentionally doing it. Right. Like I didn't intentionally not think about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I love myself. But I didn't intentionally be like, Braylon, this entire trip, you're not going to think about yourself. It was very much like, dude, we got to help these people. They they have nothing. I have to help these people. Well, because it's so in your, I mean, it's so blatant. Yeah. It's the, the, the issues at hand are so blatant that you, it's, you can't do anything but think about mm -hmm. them. Think about their mm -hmm. issue. Think about the real issues at hand. What is important and what is a priority right now? And it is just not you. It's yeah. never you. Mm -mm. It never will be. Yeah. So how can we how can we take this lesson? Because I think this is such an incredible thing to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can we take this lesson and apply it? How have you you both applied it since coming home? When it comes to keeping this perspective on a daily basis. Yeah. Personally, I think it's really helped me feel like even when you are down yourself, and we get down on ourselves, and we feel like there's nothing going right, and we have not, you can do so much. You can do so much and service is a big one so that good. will uplift you and uplift anybody else it's that you almost serve. Immediate. And and for me, I mean, I have had I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of service done in my life. I mean, my parents are very much huge role models for me in that way. And but but to now have a real, real life changing experience of that in my life, I think has put a perspective a new perspective in my life of like, you know what, like you, you can do so much and you, and you don't have to, I lost my thought. We got to cut this. No, you're good. I mean, that was, that was great. Great. No, I that was beautiful that. for real. Even if you're feeling down, like, yeah, everybody goes through human emotions mm -hmm. 
But if you become the center of your world, that's going to do nothing but get you further down. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We were just talking about how like sad we were before this. And yeah, I mean, honestly, we were. I, yeah, you know, we yeah. Gone, we should have just gone out and do something. <laughs> yeah. Else. Or at least each other. Yeah. You were right. at least each other. Right. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest take home, um, for one, is gratitude. Um, I've had so much gratitude every day since this trip of, of the things that I have in my life. But totally. also, um, I think to understand that God doesn't want me to feel bad for these people. And he doesn't want me to be like, oh, like, I, like yeah, feel bad about, feel bad for their lives that they're living, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess, like, a basic question is, why do bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. in this totally. world? And I think from that experience, the entire time that was going through my head was like, um, they're my children and I can take care of them the way that I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is why I sent you. This is why... I have prompted you to do this. This is why you need to pray for them. This is why, you know what I mean? Like you can feel so sad for their lives and you can feel so bad about the lives that they're living, but what are you doing to help change it? One, but also like they're okay because they're my children and I'm taking care of them as much as I can or as much as they need right now. And I think for me, bad things happen to good people all the time, but we are here together on this earth to help each other Mm -hmm. get through those times yeah that's that's the beauty of the dichotomy of service right totally you're going there to impact other people's lives in a major way with what you're educating them with and what you're giving them physically but as you try to impact other people's lives in a positive way you end up impacting your own in an even more positive and intense way that's why we send missionaries out all over the world for two years it's just this happy little byproduct Mm -hmm. Of that you totally, first of all, not the point of why you did it. Right? That's why That's why it is a byproduct is because it's not the point. No, not the well, point. Well, and, and I think that's the, that's the beauty and also can, can be the challenging part. Me and Braylon talked a lot about we don't want to feel like this, like, mm-hmm. this white savior exactly. um, mindset, mm-hmm. you know, which... Unfortunately, I feel like some of the people that we went on the trip with did have that mindset. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. You know, you try to stay away from that. But seriously, I mean, there's so much there is so much to be done. Mm -hmm. There's so much to be done. And and you just have to go out and do it. You don't have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and as long as the work is being done, I mean. Yeah, I guess that's what's important. But yeah, it's. Yeah. I love that. Well, I guess, I mean, this is kind of a a call to action to everyone, including myself. (laughs) Please just get outside of yourself. Yeah. 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 Do do something outside of yourself. There's so many people that are in need even around us. You don't have to travel to Africa to get the same experience. No, not at all. But it's definitely a life-changing experience. It is. And and to just be grateful for, I mean, what the you have. things you have. If you are listening to this podcast, you are blessed. You are privileged. You are, you have, you have everything that you need mm-hmm. because it seriously, like that is a privilege. And so it is, it is super important to think about the priorities sometimes in life. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this has been a very perspective giving conversation for me. 
Amen. I'm not going to. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. No, no, no. We're not done yet because oh. I can't. We can't end without the last question. What? <laughs> I want to know from each of you, whether it be briefly or however long you want to take with this Please. question. But from this experience, and we've talked about a lot of things. So if you repeat something that you've already said, that's Am fair. I? They might need to be repeated. But what would you bring into the light from oh. this from this experience that you didn't know before or that you didn't realize before? I think what I would bring into the light coming from this specific trip, um, and again, you said if you want to repeat, repeat, and I'm going to, there is work to be done all around the world, all around the country, all around your town. You can find something because there are people in need yeah. and you are blessed mm -hmm. and you have the opportunities to go out and do it seriously because it's not about you. It is about these people and they you you can do it you i mean there is there's so i can't emphasize it enough there's so much to be done yeah. and again i say that so humbly because it's like people struggle man mm -hmm. people really struggle and you have the ability to help yeah. and it and you have to you really do mm -hmm. that's what i took away is and that's why me and Braylon have talked so heavily and so seriously about this is not something that we are going to do once and walk away from this is life-changing because this is something we will continue to do for the rest of our lives yeah. that we want to continue to do for the rest of our lives because it is that important i think yeah i agree seriously i love that um i think one takeaway would be for me um to sacrifice to do these things you know, mm. I took an entire semester off of school yeah. to go on this trip, so, which this, yeah. the trip was only two weeks, but there was no way I could have been in South Africa, one, doing what we were doing, focusing on school mm. and like, yeah. getting it done. Um, so I took an entire semester off of school um, so that I can go on this trip because I, I, I understood how important it was already before I left. Um, and I think sometimes like a timeline for school or a timeline for work or like my life or that life I'm living general, right now, yeah, like yeah. I can't, I like, I don't have time to go on too a busy. Two, two week trip. Right. And it's like, you do, you do, you can, you can sacrifice a semester of school. Like you're fine. You'll survive. I'm going back to school in the, yeah. in the spring. Um, you can, you can sacrifice two weeks for work. So Not only do you, you have time, but you'll be grateful for it. Right. <laughs> right. Change your life. It will yeah. change your life. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway is you have time to help somebody in need and sacrifice your own things to help somebody. Right? Well, yeah, we can talk about that on that big scale too. And we can also say on in our daily lives, you know, whenever you have a generous thought pop into your head and you're like, Do it. I'm so busy right now. Like I don't have time to go reach out to this person. I don't right. have time to text right. this person. I don't have time to mm -hmm. drop off a treat for this person, make dinner, whatever it might be. Totally. Yeah. But really when priorities when our priorities get straight, we do have time to do those things right. that the Savior would be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, you always, I mean, that person almost always needs it way more than you do. Mm. Oh, yeah. 10%. Man, y'all are freaking awesome. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has been such a uplifting and gratifying conversation. It has. Yeah. It really has been. Yeah, thanks Thank for coming on, Thank you for on, providing Katie. it. No! Thank yeah, you, thanks, guys. Katie. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> thanks, Bray, for <laughs> being the interviewee. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> all righty. Well, this has been another episode of the Into the Light podcast. We love you all so much. Yay. Bye. We'll see you next week. <laughs>